Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Hey there. Welcome to this uh, post-President's Day broadcast of Parenting Challenging Kids, your challenging kid. Um, And of course in Canada, I'm told, I haven't verified this, uh, yesterday was Family Day. What a cool concept. Not that President's Day isn't a cool concept, but Family Day is a cool concept. Um, Welcome. We do this every week during the school year to help you get the information and the support and the help you need to understand your behaviorally challenging child better and uh, help better and make things better, better. And... um, Well, nothing special planned for today. We've got some very interesting emails uh, in the pipeline, but we also have, uh, I think we have our caller from last week calling back today. So uh, let's do that first. Uh, From area code uh, 312, how are you today? Good, how are you? Good. Are you our caller from last week? I am not. You are not? All right, I'm wrong about that. What's on your mind today? Um, I have a lot on my mind. I have a 10-year-old daughter who has um, cerebellar ataxia. It's not degenerative. So she does have some learning disabilities and also some social-emotional disabilities. Um, This is her fourth school, and I was very optimistic that it was the right school for her. Um, However, she was suspended on Friday. And it seems as though the challenging behavior behaviors are getting worse for her, not better. Um, and I think through the grace of God, I found your website. And I have been eating it up for the last two weeks. I've purchased all three of your books and read them. Um, watched your videos numerous times and have had a lot of practice over the weekend trying to do a lot of emergency plan B because, as you can imagine, um, she had quite a bit of challenging behavior over the weekend due in part to the suspension. Um, So I feel a little overwhelmed right now as to even where to begin with her. And, um, you know, I'd kind of like to get some feedback from you on how I can can get to the school to try to figure out what's going on over there and uh, get them to uh, listen and hopefully not turn to suspensions anymore. Tall order. But let's yeah. try. Okay. Um, 
just looking up cerebellar ataxia online here, and I'm not as familiar with it as I, as I would like to be. So I don't know that I can help you a great deal with expertise on that, but it, it may not matter since the school isn't treating her cerebellar ataxia. They are trying to deal with her behavior problems, yes? Right, yes. All right. And um, let, let's start with you at home. Um, you said you were doing a fair – number one, I'm delighted that you found the website as well. Me too. Number number two, I'm glad you're trying Plan B, but I, I, um, I, I might want to slow things down a little bit. Did you – did you take a look at that assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems? Yes, I did, and I have filled it out. Um, and I also pulled out um, some neuropsych reports we'd had from the past, and, and I know and I understand your spin on diagnoses, and I totally agree with you. However, what I was really focusing on was in the executive functioning category how those um, particular skills dealing with social, emotional, behavior, a response, that sort of thing, you know, kind yep. of lit up as well. So I've refreshed myself on that, and I now understand that, you know, this is not a, quote, behavior problem, but it is a skill-building process that the adults have to implement. Good. Um, uh, I'm glad I, that you got that out of it. Now, <laughs> what I'm especially interested, though, so I'm, so it sounds like your daughter is lacking a variety of important skills, yes? Yes, yes. And I think that's a good thing to know. I know that a lot of people think that is, is kind of negative, but it's a whole lot less negative than a lot of what gets said about these kids. And it really does help you understand. Um, it not only understand, helps you understand your child at a more sort of global level, it helps you understand your daughter um, in a very specific level because it kind of helps you understand these specific conditions in which your daughter is going to run into trouble. But where that really becomes clear is when you're writing in the unsolved problems. So that's the part that I'm especially invested in having you do if you haven't done it yet. Did you write in specific unsolved problems uh, which and that unsolved problems are these specific times when well, you're there, go ahead I'm sorry there are and I'm not as I mean the behaviors at home are challenging enough um but what I'm really concerned about are the behaviors at school and yes as I I was noting cuz they send home every day a, a kind of a behavior report card if you will as to how Julia did throughout the day um one thing that I noticed right away was that a lot of this was happening towards the end of the day, and particularly in science class. And so as I was trying to talk to my daughter about it over the weekend, um, she describes to me that there's just this switch in her head, and the switch just goes off in science class, and she really cannot give me any reasons why. And she's afraid to tell them what her her preferred strategy would be that they leave her alone because as she says, she shuts down and doesn't want to talk to anybody because um, she's afraid they're not going to believe her or that she's going to get in trouble. Well, it, um, the reason I was bringing up home first is because you said you've been doing quite a bit of emergency plan B over the weekend. Yes. And the form of plan B you really want to be doing is proactive plan B. Right. Quite frankly, the, the form of Plan B they want to be doing at school is proactive Plan B as well. 
Um, but you only the only thing that really makes proactive Plan B possible is having a pretty explicit list of the unsolved problems that are reliably and predictably setting in motion your daughter's episodes. Mm-hmm. And the LSIP is what helps accomplish that mission for us. So the lagging skills section of the LSIP ensures that people have the right lenses on. The unsolved problems section tells us what we're actually working on, the problems that we're actually solving with Plan B. But for Plan B to be pro, and and Plan B needs to be as proactive as possible so we're not trying to solve problems in the heat of the moment. Your daughter saying, so, the the dead giveaway on that is that you were doing you said you were doing a lot of emergency plan B over the weekend that is often a sign that well it's almost always a sign that we're not yet working on things proactively and we want to be right any unsolved problem as i always say any unsolved problem that you write in on the ELSIP is by definition predictable so once you have a bunch of unsolved problems written in there the goal is to decide which ones you want to work on first those are going to be plan B. You want to pick two or three of them. And which ones you're not going to be working on at all, those are plan C. Those you're not working on at all right now. The, the logic of that is that so often we try to work on so many things at once with these kids because they have a lot of things to work on that we overwhelm us and we overwhelm them and we end up not working on anything at all. And so um, identifying unsolved problems ahead of time is crucial deciding what ones we're going to be working on right now and what ones were not crucial. And then the last task that remains in terms of getting this together at home is um, doing it proactively instead of emergently and getting good at plan B. But the same task lies before the people at school. Schools um, tend, like the rest of us, to intervene emergently either in the heat of the moment or immediately thereafter. And so I guess the big question, is, and your daughter is saying that a switch goes off and she'd prefer to be left alone at those moments, that sounds heat of the moment to me too. So I'm hearing, right. I'm hearing that you've found the Lives in the Balance website, you've, the, the light bulb has gone on, you realize that this is lagging skills, not purposeful behavior, you're ready to get going. In fact, you did get going. The thing I would tune up for you is to do it uh, proactively instead of emergently. But now comes the question, how do we get the folks at school to access the same information so they can have the light bulb go on for themselves as well? Yes, and I have um, extensively emailed them when I first found your website. And, you know, these problems, uh, I, I first found your website about two weeks ago. So I I copied everybody into the email with a link and encouraged them to please look at it and and take time to study it. And I also gave them the links to all the books that you have written um, and offered to purchase them for them if you would so desire. Um, but I feel like, you know, that when I went into school on Thursday to get her, there was just this, you know, mass collective um, thought process of, they all had their own ideas as to why they think she did what she did. Um, nobody really asked her why she did what she did. And then, you know, the whole thing was, well, but she can't behave like this, so that's why we're going to suspend her. And, you know, as I reminded them, she already knows the rules. She already knows that this isn't right. However, we're not teaching her anything. 
Um, and I kind of found that maybe the whole group was a little overwhelming, so now I'm thinking to fall back and try to approach one or two teachers at a time, especially those that have reached out to me first. But that is my problem in that trying to get a school system or a, a handful of personnel within that school to, to stop and listen to me. Um, I have jokes that because I don't have any initials behind my name, it might be a little difficult for them to hear me. Well, it always feels that way. Um, of course, there's a lot of people out there with initials after their names um, who aren't necessarily providing the best of advice anyways. Um, that happens. Um, I guess the big question is, your, your daughter clearly has an IEP, yes? Yes. I wonder if it's time to convene the team on an emergency basis. If she's getting suspended... My opinion is that's proof positive that the IEP isn't working. Right. In which case it might be time to convene the team again. And I'm wondering if that might be the best time to actually have people sit in and listen. And I'm about to make an offer to you that they may not accept. I'm betting that you would accept it, but I'm not sure that they would accept it. Are you ready? Yes. This is this is daring, but we're, we'll do it. Okay. Um, I am delighted to have that meeting broadcast live on this radio program. <laughs> we can use pseudonyms for their names and pseudonyms for your daughter's name. Now, now, quite frankly, this is not the ideal way to do it because that that could be adding tension to the mix. But right. um, I would be delighted to assist. Unfortunately, I probably wouldn't be able to do it under circumstances besides the radio program because I don't think I'd be able to offer you a time to actually do it for the next three or four months. But this would be very educational for our listeners to hear, and I would be delighted to do it if they're interested. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I would certainly explore that with them. Um, I will note that I am in the metropolitan area and I am going to actually be um, coming to Winnetka, which is in, in Nutria High School, where you're going to be giving a talk on this um, at the beginning of March. And so I was hoping that I could get one or some of them to attend your talk That would be great. With and, me. and here's the deal. You just found this stuff. Yeah. So we want to be patient with them, too. I understand that having your daughter get suspended is not ideal and certainly not what your daughter needs, I'm certain. But these are going to be new ideas for them too, potentially. Right. Um, you might want to give them a copy of Lost at School. Okay. But what I might think about is the one person in the building who you think is most likely to be receptive to this and ask them if you can speak with them on the phone, have a little meeting. You can reconvene the team if you need to, just to find out how best, somebody who really knows how the building works, to find out how best to get this ball rolling. I have a and meeting I, tomorrow with her science teacher, which is the first teacher that really, well, second teacher that reached out to me to the point she actually had me call her at home over the weekend to discuss it. Mm, and, um, I, I love I feel it. grateful. I know. And this is the class where my daughter seems to have some difficulty. And so I 
I feel like, again, it's really a great uh, starting point. However, you know, I kind of want to go in and, and start a dialogue, but I don't want to overwhelm her with all this information at once. And, and everybody, as you've always pointed out, they're so quick to want to fix it, um, but it does take time. Right. And it's going to take a little time for them to to, to access this information, envision how they would use it in their building. And... Um, that's that's par for the course. I mean, we're always in a hurry because we really don't want your daughter getting suspended again, but it sounds like you have your in a concerned science teacher. And by the way, there's almost always at least one. This is the cool part. Um, this is why um, we should never, and you're not doing this, we should never indict educators as a group. Most are absolutely dying to help kids and understand them better. And you got yourself one. The science teacher reached out and even offered to have you uh, call her at home. Spectacular. I guess yeah. the big question is, I agree with you, you don't want to overwhelm her. I think that you want to know how this works in the building and how to best help other people access these ideas, um, how to introduce the ideas to them. Um, those, so I don't think you want to blast her with all the information right away. I actually think you're looking for information about how to best accomplish the mission. Okay. And if you can do that, you'll have yourself a roadmap and a game plan, and you may also have yourself an ally and a collaborator yes. who can help you out. Yes. Dr. Green, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I don't want to take thank up you all for of your time today. Thank you for calling in. Do keep us posted. I, you've emailed me through the Lives in the Balance website, yes? I started to, but I didn't do it, but I will. Got it. I got, a, I got something very similar to yours last week that I actually thought I responded to. So if it wasn't you, then um, keep us posted, and you can always go to the Lives in the Balance website and keep me posted that way as well. Thank you very much, Dr. Green. Good luck with it. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Um, wouldn't that be interesting, although I'm not sure this is the ideal situation, to have um, that meeting broadcast live on Lives in the Balance with people using pseudonyms if they want to. Um, we could hear what it sounds like. Uh, you can always, of course, listen to the web-based radio program for educators, CPS at School, and listen to the Anytown High School programs, especially the early ones, but even some of the later ones, and hear um, people in schools working really hard to get their arms around collaborative problem solving and apply it well. Um, so those resources are on the Lives and the Balance website already, but I, we have not broadcast that exact type of meeting before. And... Um, I guess my attitude is, why not? All right. Shall we turn our attention to email? Let's just double check. Oh, we have another caller. And I'm always forgetting to give you the call-in number during the program. This was pointed out to me by uh, one of our listeners recently that I should remind people of that call-in number mid-program. It's 347-994-2981. Uh, let's see if this is our caller from last week. Maybe, maybe not. Area code 515, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. I am the caller from last week, and thank you very much for taking my call today. You bet. 
I um, am, am, I think of one of those people who have a son who I did, didn't know what to do with, and neither did any counselor that saw him until I read your book and the light bulb went off, and I said, "Oh my gosh, someone finally gets it!" And so I'm, I'm just so excited. I found your website. I realized you did a radio show, and here I am trying to get some advice. Go for it. Well, my son is 10, and he is very much like some of the examples in your book. Something sets him off, and he just explodes, and he yells, and he swears, and he throws things, and he just does, you know, he, he screams like an animal sometimes. It's just, I, I sometimes think I should videotape it just so people you know, believe me when I try and tell people what it's like. It's just I believe it's indescribable. I, oh, thank you. Um, well, I don't think people make this stuff up, to tell you the truth, but keep going. Thank you. Um, so he, he, he's um, been getting a little better. I've been trying to, you know, we, we, we go with the you know, emergency plan B sometimes. I've tried to do a couple, you know, plan B things, and, and you know, I had a, had a success with that. Um, so I need to continue working on that. Um, he also has issues at school. He does not explode at school. And um, I think that's also because, like what you said in your book, and I asked him one time, why, why don't you do this at school? He's like, Mom, I don't want to be embarrassed. Well, I'm like, oh, okay, you, you can keep it together during school and that's a good thing but he does have behavior issues at school where he um, he distracts the teacher he distracts people around him he will you know tap his foot constantly he'll talk when he's not supposed to he he gets into his neighbor's business he he draws on his pencil case when he shouldn't be just you know kind of all day long, and his poor teacher, who is just a saint, um, has been kind of keeping track of what he's been doing, and we're trying to figure out what what are the things that we can do to change the behavior at school, you know, not not explosions, but just this kind of stuff, and I was actually kind of, you know, surprised and happy when a couple weeks ago, after he'd had three just very bad days in a row, you know, gets the um, the lunchtime detentions at school, he said, Mom, I'm tired of acting like this. I'm tired of getting detentions. I don't want to be in trouble all the time. I need some help. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, the kid's asking for help. What What else can I do? And his school is completely on board. In fact, um, like I said, I just recently discovered your book. His counselor actually has a copy of your book, um, The Explosive Child, on her shelf. And so when I said this is what he's like at home, she she got it. And they are willing to do you know, whatever it takes. Um, we're having someone from the local AEA come in in the next couple of weeks and sit in on the class and, and observe to see what ideas she has. But um, I, I'm just wondering, you know, what, what do we do with a kid who, you know, behaves like this at home, behaves like this at school? You know, he's seen counselors who don't seem to help. We don't have him on any kind of medication at this time, but, you know, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Um, so I, I guess kind of on two fronts, the school and the home issues, a lot of it seemed to come from his brothers and sisters who, you know, get on his nerves. We have four kids and, you know, they all can get on each other's nerves at some time. But our son, because he has a very low frustration level, you know, just will you know, get angry at the drop of a hat at something that his you know little sister does that wouldn't necessarily bother you or me. And, and I, mean, I need to sit down and work on you know, the why is this bothering you? What's a solution that works? Um, but since it, the family dynamic obviously makes makes it hard to find the, the one, you know, issue that seems to be bothering him every time. So any any advice you can give me would be much appreciated. Well, um, first of all, thanks for calling. Secondly, um, you're in a better 
position than our first caller. I was listening to that, yes. And I, I was I was thinking about her as I was listening and about how that compared to my situation. Right. Although her situation may be about to get better because she at least has a science teacher who is telling her to call her at home over the weekend. That's a very positive sign. But you already have a school that is, you're saying, on board. Mm-hmm. You have people who are... Um, saying that they'd like to help you out with this, and that's, that's yes. absolutely fabulous. We're, first, we're, we're very grateful. Yep. The first step, as I told our first caller, is that really, really important piece of paper called the Assessment of Lagging Skills and Unsolved Problems. You're going to need to fill one out, both for home and school, because the unsolved problems in both environments are likely to be different. Mm-hmm. So we want the unsolved problems that are causing your son difficulty in both environments, home and school. But what we're especially going to want, and that's going to be crucial, so I shouldn't say what we especially want, what we also want is lagging skills. Because I'm list- I always listen really carefully to what people are saying, because what I'm listening for is what exactly is getting in your son's way? And I've got the low frustration tolerance part. I've got that he's not on medication. That's not necessarily a bad thing, especially since we're not exactly sure what's getting in his way yet. I've got that a variety of counselors haven't helped. The most common reason I find that that a variety of counselors haven't helped is because, and I say this to the parents and the educators I work with commonly, no one has figured out yet what's really getting in your son's way. I mean, I'm hearing the behaviors he exhibits, and uh, um, that tells me that the ways that he looks bad when he looks bad, but it doesn't tell me the specific conditions under which he looks bad. Those are unsolved problems. And it doesn't tell me the skills he's lacking that are causing him to look bad. Those are lagging skills. Now, I don't know that we have time to do that on this program, but let me ask you some very general questions. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These are, are going to give me at least a vibe for the skills your son is lacking. Question number one, do we know anything about any um, academic skills that he's lacking that could be getting in his way at school? No. Um, academically, he does just fine. I mean, in fact, we had his, his conferences yesterday. He's ahead of his grade level in reading. He's ahead of his grade level in math. You know, the, the, the um, issues are all behavioral. Academically, he's, he's A-OK. Hmm. I hate to um, cast doubt, but so many behavioral problems at school flow from academic issues. I am delighted that he is ahead. That tells me that he has some meaningful skills in the areas in which he's ahead. But let me dig a little deeper here. As it relates to how they are asking him to demonstrate what he knows, writing, projects, are those things that he has any difficulty with? Um, you know, I, I, I really don't think so. You know, at homework, when it comes to doing homework at home and projects at home, he, um, you know, sometimes gets frustrated because it's, it's too hard or he doesn't understand it. And that's actually one of the things that we, we use the plan B on to try and get through that. Um, 
But, you know, really going back to his conferences, his teachers just say it's all behavioral. You know, the only academic thing they can think of is that sometimes he works too fast. But, you know, as his teacher said, she can't criticize him for working too fast when he gets them all right. So, And yet, and yet at home, he's frequently becoming frustrated because it's too hard or he doesn't understand it. Now, that that can happen with kids who are way ahead but I am about to be skeptical, at least temporarily, about whether academics is a completely blank issue. And, and only because you've told me that at home he gets frustrated because it's too hard and he doesn't understand it. That doesn't sound like nothing. That sounds like it could be something. So they could be wrong. Plus... I don't know what that means. It's all behavioral. Do you know what they're talking about there? Um, well, I'll give you an example. And this is his his teacher kind of every day sums up the issues that she'll have with them. And so this is you know, an example of one day. Um, he entered the classroom and was yelling when he walked in. He drew all over his pencil box during class with a marker. He pounded on his desk during a video. He was sent back to his seat. He stomped his feet the whole way. Um, he... Um, you know, in the lunch line, he he had a buddy who was up in front of him, and he jumped on his buddy's back and wrapped his arms around his neck, and they kind of did some wrestling. All right. Um, now let's find out what that's about. Uh, I'm just uh, – anytime I hear that it's completely not academic and it's all behavioral, I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. Given what you've told me about homework, I think the jury is out on that. I don't I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say that there's nothing going on academically. Believe it or not. Oh, sure. But now let's let me ask you some very general questions about lagging skills. Is your son does he ever do people ever complain that he has trouble paying attention in class, that he's overactive? that he frequently acts before thinking about the consequences of his actions, that he's distractible. People complain about that stuff? Yes, Yes. his his teacher notices that, yes. Got it. Is he also disorganized? Does he also um, absent-minded? Any of that stuff? No, he is extremely organized. He, He will volunteer to go clean his room, and he'll keep it very organized. Interesting. But So what exactly are the teacher's observing that he's the, which of those he, inattentive, hyperactive, impulsive, all three? Yeah, and, and yeah, the, the impulsiveness, absolutely. He he acts without thinking all the time. Um, and then he's always, you know, he, he's, well, and it's interesting because we don't really notice that he's, he's hyperactive or anything at home. Impulsive, yes, but not so much hyperactive at home, but it's a different admi- environment. But he, um, He'll get in his neighbor's business. You know, he'll try and keep his neighbors from doing their work. He has a hard time staying in his seat. And when he's in his seat, he's tapping his pencil. He's, you know, kicking his foot on the floor. He's just always moving. He's a very high-energy person. Got it. And um, that's good to know. And to tell you the truth, if I was doing this in, in real life instead of on a radio program, I would be asking you many more questions about that. But I'm going to move on just because we don't have that much time left. Do you... Um, do you feel like he ever has difficulty understanding what other people are saying or putting his own thoughts into words? 
Um, no, I don't think he has difficulty understanding others. Um, I think sometimes he gets so you know, angry that he has trouble trying to tell me what he's trying to say, and then you know he, he yells, and that gets him frustrated too. Mm-hmm. What kind of moody is he in most of the time? Uh, he he splits pretty he, he splits pretty evenly between being in a pretty good mood and just being irritable and grumpy. And is the irritable and grumpy primarily when he's upset, or is he frequently irritable and grumpy even outside of times that he's frustrated? Um, mostly it's just when he's frustrated. If, he, if he's had a bad day at school, he'll come home and just you know watch out. Nobody wants to be in the same room with him because he's so cranky. But if he's had a good day at school, he'll come home and he'll be perfect. How old is he again? Are we, I don't he know just, yeah, he that. just turned 10. Okay, so he's been... Uh, coming home from school and being frustrated for a while now, eh? Oh, he, he's been like this since he was a baby. He's, he, yeah. We've always noticed noticed this about him. And he sees a counselor at school on a regular basis just to help deal with the anger, you know, not how to deal with when he gets angry, you know, don't act out, you know, calm down, do this and that. And, you know, they've had some success with that. Good. The, the, the problem with that, of course, is that that's what he should do in the heat of the moment when he's already upset. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in solving the problems that are causing him to get upset in the first place so he doesn't get upset in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm not I don't have all that much faith in I'm glad that he's been helped by it. I actually don't have a great deal of faith in interventions for what a child should do when he's already upset. Mm-hmm. I have much more faith in interventions that are aimed at solving the problems that are causing him to get upset in the first place. Sure, so he absolutely. Get upset in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes, so absolutely. So what you're basically saying is that he's a pretty happy guy unless he's frustrated about something. Um, yeah, but he gets frustrated about things pretty easily. So. Yeah. But when when he's not frustrated, he's he's you know an amazing, charismatic, wonderful kid. Fantastic. He, he's a, he's a wonderful kid anyway. So, you know that's why we want to help him get over this. That's right. Uh, and I would describe every kid I've ever worked with the exact same way, which is which is fantastic. These are great kids. Too mm-hmm. bad this is getting in the way. Right. Let me ask you a few more questions. Um, would you describe him, and by the way, on all of these, I would be spending a lot more time gathering information so that I could really understand this, but sure. would, would you describe your son as a very concrete, literal, black and white thinker? He gets an idea yes. in his head, it would take an earthquake to shake it loose. Yes, yeah, it, it, it ha- it, there's a certain way it has to be, and you know that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And I would ask much more about that, but I'm not going to in the interest of time. Um, does he have as many friends as he would like? I think so. You know, when he's on, he's very charismatic. He is very athletic, and so he, you know, every recess he's out playing football with the other kids, and he's he's got the basketball team and the baseball team and all that. So um, I think that, and we've talked about this with him at school. You know, when he gets you know angry or frustrated at school, it makes other kids not want to be friends with him. When he you know distracts them from their classwork, it makes other people look at him a little differently. So um, I think he's not a loner. He does have friends. You know, he, he's hopefully he realizes that his behavior, you know, will impact that the older and older he gets. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he does have friends, yes. And does anything get in the way of that? Do, do you ever see him doing things that would cause other kids not to like him? Um, I don't see things because I don't see it at school. And 
you know, in, in the neighborhood, he's got his buddies in the neighborhood that he'll go out and, you know, shoot baskets with or, you know, play in the backyard with or whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't observe myself anything that gets in the way. I, but his teachers obviously give me these reports of what he's doing, and, and I can see where that would have an impact on the way the other kids feel about him. Got it. So, the, you know, what I was doing here is asking you about the general categories of lagging skills that I tend to rely on. And two of them kind of lit up the board. Executive skills, um, and that's the inattention, hyperactivity, poor impulse control, disorganized, although it sounds like he's not disorganized. And the cognitive flexibility uh, category, concrete, literal, black and white thinking, gets an idea in his head, very hard to shake it loose, mm-hmm. has very rigid, inflexible ideas about the way things should be done and has trouble moving off of them. Um, those are some major things that could explain why your son is having difficulty. Mm-hmm. They make it um, really clear to me that it would be really productive for you and the folks at school to sit down with the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems in front of you mm-hmm. and really get to know your son through the prism of lagging skills and unsolved problems. Once again, the lagging skills help us know what's getting in your son's way. The unsolved problems help us know what we need to work on proactively so that neither we nor he have to deal with them primarily in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. That would be, it feels to me, extreme a, a really good place to start. Okay. After that comes the next part, which is actually trying to solve those problems in collaboration with your son so that we are getting really important information that we need from him and getting his input on potential solutions, putting our concerns into the mix as well, and um, solving problems together so that the solutions, so that, so that the problems are very well understood and so that the solutions that we come up with meet two criteria. They're realistic, meaning both parties can actually do what they're agreeing to do, Mm-hmm. And they're mutually satisfactory, meaning the concerns of both parties have truly and logically been addressed. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, and we, he and I went through that exercise once with the issue with him wearing his winter coat to school. And it was interesting once we drilled down to the issue of why he really didn't want to wear the coat. I'm like, oh well, you know, I wish you would have told me that to begin with, and we, we would have avoided a lot of arguments in the morning. But um, we, we it, that was a great example of how we were really able to do that to solve that that problem that he had. Um, so, yes, I mean, definitely we can do this at school. And as I said, you know, I'm grateful the school is very willing to do it. And, you know, they're, at least the counselor is familiar with your work. So I'm sure she'd be you know, interested in going through the exercise as well. Perfect. And that's actually a great example of doing it proactively instead of emergently. The time to deal with the coat problem and learn about it and come up with a solution to it isn't in the heat of the moment when everybody's all hot over the coat again, mm-hmm. but proactively before everybody's mm-hmm. all hot over the coat right. again. And so and, I, and I emphasize, go ahead. Sir. Yeah, I was just going to say, I guess I hadn't thought about doing that exercise at school because at school there aren't any explosions. You know, I, we'd use the, the plan B at home to, you know, solve this explosion problem with the coat, but I guess I hadn't put two and two together to thought, you know, the same exercise will work at school even if there aren't any explosions. So, so yes, absolutely. Well, there don't have to be explosions. They're, they're telling you that there are problems at school. He may not be, mm-hmm. he may not do, be doing what you're referring to as an explosion at school, but... 
they are saying that there are behavior problems at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though the behavior problems aren't explosions, um, they're still having problems, and those problems can be solved proactively. But the other thing I would say is this. He's coming home upset about something that's gone on at school. If he's coming home upset about something that's gone on at school, then there are problems at school that need to be solved. He may be exploding about them at home, and that's, that is so typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids who don't explode at school hold it together at school, but explode at home over the unsolved problems that occurred at school. Right. There are problems at school. I'm almost certain of it because they're saying that there are behaviors at school they have a problem with, and he's coming home frustrated about what's going on at school. Sounds to me like there are problems that need to be solved at school, even if the explosions aren't at school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. I would sit down with them at school, go through the LSIP together, figure out what skills he's lacking, figure out what unsolved problems are reliably and predictably setting in motion his challenging episodes, decide which ones we're working on right now and which ones we're not, collaborate with them. Y'all are a team. Sounds like you've got a great opportunity to work together there. I'm feeling better about how your son is going to be doing already. Me too. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it more than I can say. Thank you for calling in, and feel free to call anytime. I will. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Um, wow, two good calls today, eh? Two somewhat different situations. Um, mom number one, still in the getting people on board business. Mom number two, apparently, already over that hump, and that can be a hump. Mom number one is as eager to get going as mom number two. It's just that um, mom number one has a school that isn't quite as eager yet to get going as she is. Um, All right, we'll take our humps as they come, right? Whatever humps are in front of us, we'll figure out how to get over them. Mom number one has to get the school on board first, and she's got a science teacher who sounds like she's going to be our foot in the door. Mom number two, ready to rock and roll with the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. Boy, do I hope it's clear why that assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems is such a crucial early part of the process. I can't tell you how many kids I've worked with who I've had to look at their parents or their teachers and say, I say this all the time, no one's really figured out what's getting in your child's way yet. No, I'm not hearing a cohesive, well-formulated explanation for what's getting in your child's way. I'm I'm hearing a lot about the behaviors. I'm hearing a lot about our theories and our hypotheses about what could be getting in his way. Nothing takes the place of using the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems to really home in on what's been getting in the kid's way all the time. And you heard a rather abbreviated, really abbreviated version of what that could sound like and what we heard, and we would have spent much more time on this, as I said, but what we heard is that at the very least, caller number two's son is lacking skills, it sounds like, based on her report, in two very important domains, executive skills, cognitive flexibility skills. Those are going to get in the way wouldn't it be nice if everybody knew that? 
and then wouldn't it be nice? If we nailed down the specific conditions in which those lagging skills were setting in motion challenging episodes, those are called unsolved problems, and wouldn't it be nice if we prioritized and decided which ones we were working on now and which ones we weren't? And wouldn't it be nice if we got really good at plan B so those problems started getting solved and so that those challenging episodes started to be dramatic? And wouldn't it be great if we did all of that collaboratively so that the kid was involved in the process and so that we all learned new skills along the way? Hey, man, that's what collaborative problem solving is all about. That's what this program is all about. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening in. I hope you found the information today to be useful. Back again next week. Take care.